0: Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything. So get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Glad that you guys are here. If you're listening by camera or uh, watching by camera podcast, we welcome you guys. Let's give them a round of applause. Amen. There's many people that is tuned in, um, being a part of us this morning. If you'd open up your Bibles and turn to Ephesians three fourteen verses through 19. Yesterday, I was, as you turn there yesterday, I was helping, uh, I want to take a moment, and I have permission to tell the stories that I'm telling today, so I'm covered, but uh, I was helping my, I was taking out a uh, water filter out of my refrigerator. We have one of those that you push on the side there, and water comes out, and I told my wife, I said, well, I want to teach you how to do this in case something would ever happen to me. She goes, okay, so I open up the refrigerator, she stands right there behind me in front of it, and I move to the side, and whenever I reach up and unplug the water filter, I forgot to turn off the water. So this, it just drenches her and saturates her. So I'm putting the water filter back in, I finally get back in there, I said, okay, so the first step is turn off the water, Mary. I just want to make sure we understood that. But hey, you have moments like that when you live, right? Marriage is good, family is good, and it was a great time, but uh, I told her, I said, go back here and turn off the water, and she did, and then we actually got it installed properly, but uh, it made my day anyway, so, you know, these things happen, okay, these things happen. She was really cool about it. Ephesians three fourteen through 19, Paul's writing to his friends in Ephesus, a lot of stuff going on, kind of where we're at in our uh, nation, just a lot of choices and a lot of things that could distract them. He writes to them, he says, for this reason, I've bowed my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant to you to be strengthened with the power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be strengthened to comprehend all the saints, what is the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of of god amen some of you guys i imagine this week has been on your knees before the lord right you understand what paul's writing let's pray father our hearts are bowed to you pray for your spirit to continue to be in this place what a wonderful time of worship as you've cultivated our hearts to receive your word let us receive that word and hide it in our hearts that way we can be like you father we need you in our lives and everybody says amen amen Amen. you may be seated wave at your neighbor as you sit down yeah, I love the wonderful conversation. So, we're, we are still taking off on family matters. And if there's ever been a point, and it's, family's always been important, but I would say in my lifetime anyways of 37 years, right now it's absolutely critical that the family is a functioning unit, amen? One of my friends said this, that there's, in unity there's power, but in community becomes an unstoppable force. Okay, So there's something to be said about that, that in unity of a family and a church family, we can all get on the same page, and that's a powerful thing. But whenever we have community and people know that they can come together and express themselves, then we become that unstoppable force, amen? And that totally has uh, to do with everything with our personal family lives as well. Whenever the kids, the husband, the wife, whatever the situation is, they can come together and we create a community, then we become this immovable, unstoppable force. And it's very important in our society today. One of the things that God designed to restrain the evil was the family. So having a strong family, strong marriage is what we're about at Ray Hope. Amen? Yeah, yeah. We realize that our government's changing, that things are changing. Situations have changed for us, particularly in this area. Uh, Not that it hasn't changed all over the nation, but we feel the impact. And there's a lot of things that can distract, especially as we move into this holiday season um, we can see that Christmas won't be like it maybe was. Uh, Thanksgiving will look a little different, and there's so many different reasons why, and we have to make sure that we keep our focus on our family, amen? On that core part of who we are, that we um, encourage and build up and, lift, uh, and, and um, lead through the Spirit of God. Now, one thing I would say is, man, if you did not listen to last week's message, please listen to it, because starting fires is a bad idea, amen? Yeah, keep those comments to yourself. But Paul's writing to his friends here, to his family, and he reminds them of one very important thing. And I just, I loved it as I read it, and that's the reason why we're going to go for it. But he said, listen, he said, this is the God of the family. This is how important this. I want you to know, and in ways he's saying, I want you to know that you are my family. And then he prays three things for them. So we're going to talk about four things. We're going to talk about the importance of family prayer. And then then he talked about three things that he said in his prayer that we're going to talk about. That we can pray for our family, that way we can continue to be strong in these times. Now, Ephesus was a bustling town, lots of traffic in and out. They had so many different things to distract them, so many different things that could keep their attention, so many things that could knock them off focus. But yet Paul still writes in this letter, hey, remember that God is still the God of the family, and you guys are my family. So, as we read here, the first thing that he says is he wants to talk about prayer, obviously. And he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Now, for clar- clarification's sake, we're going to talk about what father he's talking about and what kind of prayer he's talking about. It's really easy in our culture and our society today just to assume that Paul is just praying. He's throwing words out into space at mythical or um, ideologies or something like that. Paul says, no, I want to tell you who I'm praying to. I'm praying to God, the one that's the head of the family, amen? The one that I've written to you about, the one that I've spoken to you about, the one that will infill you with his spirit so he can dwell inside of you and Strengthen you, the God of the universe, the CEO of the world, God of all creation, Redeemer, Restore. That's who you need to pray to. Amen. And we know that through Jesus Christ, all things are possible, and that's what He's saying here. But He goes on and He says, "Listen, you have to pray," and He does that through His example. And many times, as leaders in our family, maybe you're in a single parent household and you're the leader. That's okay god knows maybe you have a husband and wife that's wonderful too a partnership like that whatever it is you have to make sure that you're leading in the spirit of god you're praying You're, you're you're giving your kids examples to follow it's okay to pray amen it's okay to shut down pause the tv and you lead a prayer as an adult and teach your kids to it's very very healthy you know how much we get from watching Whenever I would mechanic with my dad, he would sometimes tell me what to do, then I'd go out and try it. But many times if I stood back and watched him mechanic, guess what would happen? I would learn how to mechanic. We'd work on our old 73 Ford Courier. Many of you guys don't know what that is, but if you do, then that was my first car. I'll never forget, uh, my friend Jesse was sitting in it. I said, hey, do you want me to turn on the air conditioner? He said, yes. So I reached out and pulled out my vents. He He started laughing at me. The 73 Ford Courier was my first truck, and I was on there, and I was trying to get a, um, a bolt off from the manifold that was attached to the head. And you know why I even know what I'm talking about? Because my dad was a mechanic. I watched him. I really don't know what I'm talking about. I just know that I broke that bolt off about the time that he said, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Snap. Oh. Then we had to get all this stuff and dig it out, and it was really funny. Had I stepped back maybe and watched him do it, then maybe I'd have been a little bit smarter, right? But we learn from things like that. And it's okay to pray with your children. It's okay to say, why don't you pray over this? Watch me pray. I know that we may be uncomfortable with it. Maybe we're not. We don't pray in in large circles. We don't pray in in the open. But listen, the family's not the open. That is the closed, protected core, amen? There's some things that I'm going to do in there that I won't do other places. There's some things that I'll say with my family that I won't say other places, amen? Because we're trying to create that community because family matters as is our sermon title and here Paul is saying listen I bow my knees before the father I've been down there I've spoken to you guys but prayer is important now why is prayer so important first of all it shows us as our humility okay it it puts a humility in us there's a power that we have whenever uh, whenever we go into a moment of prayer and it's that moment of recognition it's that moment of saying God I realize that I need you I need you to intervene in this situation. I need you to help me, God. I'm at your mercy. I know that you can change things. And ultimately, we know whenever we go into prayer that we believe, God, we're not just throwing words in empty space, but we believe that prayer changes things. Amen? And just like we sing to this morning, even though I, even when I, even when you're working and I can't tell, that's the same thing. I'm praying and I'm still believing that you're working. Election didn't turn out. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't like it. Some things in government are changing. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't like it. So some job situations are changes, which are hardly ever fun, right? We just love change, right? Not really. But God, even though I'm praying, but I'm seeing this, I still believe that you're working. I was thinking about this this morning as Pastor and I were talking in his office a couple weeks ago. He began to teach me a little bit about a tree. He said, Matt, many of these trees seem dormant, but actually what's happening is you don't see them growing on the outside, but what's happening is the roots up underneath the ground that you don't see are going further and deeper and growing, being able to bring more nutrients to the tree. And many times that's how our spiritual life is. That's how our spiritual families are. We're going through a very, very tough season. And the importance of prayers because what we're doing is we're extending those roots down We're showing humility, saying, God, I'm not leaving it up to what I can see or what I can feel or what I think. I know that Your Word says to pray. I know that I've been taught that Your Word says to pray. So I'm going to go back and humble myself and say, God, although I don't understand, although I may not even feel the roots growing, amen, I'm still going to continue to pray. Here's some honest prayers for some kids. Because whenever we go into prayer, we need to be honest. And we'll get to that here in a second. But here's some honest prayers from some kids. Dear God, did the unicorns miss the ark? Too bad the skunks didn't. Hey, I'm with that one. Dear God, thank you for my baby brother, but I really asked for a puppy. We can all relate to that. Dear God, are you actually invisible or is that just a trick? Hey, I've wondered that, right? Dear God, did you mean for giraffes to look like that or was it an accident? Hey, honest prayers, right? We're all taught up, you shouldn't question, you shouldn't question, but we should go in with an honest heart. Now, when God speaks to us, and we know that he does, that's when we should do it without questioning, right? Questioning's over, we know that he spoke to us. And here's Paul doing the same thing. He's saying, listen, I honestly, and and you have to, (laughs) Paul had an honest prayer life before God. I mean, he's going in there praying for these Ephesians and saying, listen, I taught them this, I, I spoke it over them, I modeled it. I was down there in the heat of the battle, and yet I still don't think they're getting it. So God, I'm going to come in to prayer with my head bowed and pray for these things. And honesty in prayer is a wonderful thing that will strengthen the family. As we go into the holidays, there's some things that you might be dealing with. Maybe some current family members that you're going to get to see. Sometimes it's not always exciting, right? I don't agree with their lifestyle, I don't agree with their situation, I don't agree with this or that, so... Honest prayer would be, say, God, you know I'm going to engage in the battle here, <laughs> and I would really prefer not to set a fire at the Thanksgiving table, right? right? So help me keep a door over my lips, <laughs> right? Maybe life decisions of other, or maybe some of those ex-family members that we have to deal with, right? We've got some situations with kids, and now we know that it's Thanksgiving and the holidays, so now we're crossing some lines and doing some things and trying to put our best foot forward. And it's very, very important that we do that. We never know the situation of that other person. I was reading a, 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 a story last night and um, a pastor goes overseas in 1990 just after the collapse of communism. And he goes in this particular com- uh, country and he gives away 17,000 Bibles. Families who had never read a, uh, read a Bible before. Then he goes and he's taken truckloads of food to orphanage and he goes to some orphanages and he finds a room way off in the back that was separated from everything. It had several babies in it. And this is where they kept the babies that were infected with HIV. And as he walked through the rooms, he noticed that none of them were crying. None of the babies that were left alone were crying. And he asked why. And the people around him said, well, the realization of it is they've come to the fact that crying doesn't do any good and they know it. There were certain times that they would go in and get fed, and there were certain times that they would go get and change, and outside of that, they would not interact with humans. I think about those kids as they grew up, what kind of emotional deficiencies they maybe had, what kind of things that they had. Well, as Christians, as we're the light, we're going into the holidays, which is a wonderful time, to love those people that are sometimes like those baby in the cribs that people have left alone. They've made decisions and they've done these things. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I'm not saying it's not going to be risky, so to speak. But we know that we're the light. And this is a great opportunity for us to do that. And the reflection on our family is that we're going to love people even though people will not love them, maybe. Christ did that for us, right? And then we get to show that same thing. We get to show that and we pray for that. Then God, We know ultimately that God changes people through prayer. I can say what I want to, I can try to convince people, um, I can try to debate. And my wife tells me just to shut up sometimes, which is very good, you know. Um, just, you know, you don't have to debate every conversation. Well, they started it, <laughs> you know. Uh, some, it's, 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 sometimes it's not the place, so it doesn't matter what I do, um, but we know God changes things. And James comments on this. He says, the, effectual, the effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man. Well, what's that righteous man mean? What is that happening there? It's that person who goes in with the honesty. Am I off? It's that person who goes in with that honest behavior. Aren't we really good at that handoff? We're getting better and better at that. Yeah, I even got my even got my other deal off on the first thing. Amen. But the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And what is he talking about, that righteous man, that honest person who goes in there and says, God, I'm going to encounter some things on this holiday and I need your help. So I'm going to ask you in prayer. Now, Paul goes on and he talks about what do we pray for as a family as we become stronger in the family. The next thing that he talks about here is strength for the inner being. If you look at verse 16 with me, it says that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be. Now listen, strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So where is he saying to be strengthened at? It's in our being. It's in the core part of who we are. If there's one thing that I know now at 37 after being been married 12 years and have a daughter, after I've learned this, that the holidays sometimes will test your inner being strength. The, the multiple people that you have to engage and interact with, sometimes the pressure that you feel of the multiple places that you have to be, it will test who you are. And sometimes communication becomes difficult. Sometimes um, traveling becomes difficult, amen? These things really test us in who we are. And as we get ready for the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, and then many of you guys splash birthdays in there and anniversaries in there. And I don't know why we thought it was good to get married on Christmas, but some of us did. Now, we did, and we waited till the summer. But that's okay. But you throw all these different things in there, and you throw in our economy and the changes that has happened, and that can really test who you are. It can really say, okay, listen, we're going to put some torque on that inner being and see if we really are who we say that we are and see if we believe in what we say that we believe in. But Paul says, listen, this strength only comes through God's Spirit. So we have to be in communication with God's spirit, that prayer time that we spend saying, God, strengthen me. I'm coming to you honestly and saying I'm going to engage in some things in the next several months that I don't know if I'm going to be able to deal with appropriately. Maybe you have that anxiety. Maybe you lend yourself towards depression. Maybe, maybe you, you, you have those situations in your life, and they're all very, very real. It's okay to go to God in prayer before and say, God, I'm down on my knees saying, I need your help. You have to help me with this. I'm about to engage with my ex-spouse. I'm about to engage with this situation or with that situation, and they're very real. And we have that openness towards God, and what we're doing is we're really strengthen, strengthening our inner spirit. Now, just a couple things as we strengthen our inner spirit as we pray for, and you guys love me after this, but remember some things here i hope this will encourage you remember grandparents you're not the parents oh and i heard the room suck (laughs) here remember you're not the parents now at the same time kids remember you're not the grandparents let the kids have their time. We'll retrain them January 2nd, but right now, just let them go, man. Let them have as much time and be spoiled. We'll just retrain them, okay? No use in dividing families over some candy cane, right? Come on now. Yeah, I've, I've been around grandparents long enough to know that if they want to give a candy bar to your kid, just shut up and let them give a candy bar to your kid. Don't argue about it. It'd be all right. I fed them pizza last night anyways. What's a candy bar, right? So, doesn't matter. I was talking to my dad the other day, and First time he took care of the three grandkids my oldest sister had, Um, my brother-in-law came back, Robert came back, and he said, well, how'd they act? And my dad said, they were no problem at all. Robert said, well, what'd you do? What'd you give them? He goes, anything they wanted, you know. That's that's happened. So so remember, we're not the grandparents and the parents. Remember that, hey, some of these extended families, it's practical stuff here, but some of these extended families pray about that and say, hey, it's only for a day. (laughs) It's only for two days, you know. God, I can keep my tongue. I can keep this. And that's honest prayer. I mean, I'm serious. Some of the silliest stuff, man, when I was young, I would see people get up on an age, and some of the stuff that they would get mad at and not talk to other people about was just silly. I'm thinking both of you are 75 years old. Let's not, you probably don't want to be mad at each other for the next five years. That's dangerous, you know what I mean? Good Lord, you know? So don't let that little stuff divide uh, divide families, okay? We're only going to be around them for a bit. And following the words of Pastor Mike, remember, you can start fires with a spark. So God, help me be guarded. And then as we continue to ask God, we want to identify help. This is very, very important here. Paul says this. He says, it comes from God's riches and glory. And when things come from God's riches and glory, that means they might not look like what I think they're going to look like. So, God, I'm asking you for strength for my inner being to watch what I say, to watch my uh, language. I mean, some of this stuff I know that we talked about last week, but it's okay to be reminded of, right? Yeah, I can say one thing in my body language, be something totally different, and I know you don't approve of how, what I'm doing. That's a, bad, that's a bad thing to be. Now, we all have lines, and I understand we got, you know, when things get silly, I get it. But for some stuff, it's not that big a deal. It seems like it at the time, and we can do some things. But here Paul's saying, listen, identify the help. When it comes from God's riches and glory, we have to identify that. God, I'm looking for strength for my inner being to take me through to boost my family, to encourage my family. Steve Ross is my daughter's uncle um, on my wife's side, and I saw him come over time and time again whenever Callie was really, really little. She was like two or three years old. And every time I saw him, he would come up and get down on her level on one knee, and he didn't talk about the stock market, didn't talk about football games, didn't talk about how his son was doing in basketball or how his daughter was doing in cheerleader, cheerleading. He would get down on one knee and look her in the eye and say, swiper, no No swiping. Now, for you guys that don't know what that is, that's a, that's a TV show called Dora. And she loved Dora. She had the Dora dollhouse and all this different stuff and the Dora doll. What he was doing is he was engaging her on a level, on her level. And at first I thought, this guy, well, I don't know what's going on with this dude, you know. Kind of corny. But what I saw from that was him develop a very, very strong relationship with my daughter. Built that trust and that love. And now she loves her Uncle Steve. Now, what that did for me is it helped me identify an example. God, how do I become a good uncle? Well, if I will look and see, then now I've got nephews and nieces, and guess what I do? I don't do swipe or no swiping. Now it's Corey Carson. (coughs) You know? I think I pushed my one-year-old nephew around in the little talk, trikes, car, whatever it is, up and down the sidewalk, up and down, and had a blast. Had so much fun. Here in our audience you might be struggling, man, I want to become a better dad. I want to become better at my finances. I want to have more stability in my home at communication. I want to, well, hey, look around. There's some people that if you went out and bought them a cup of coffee and talked to them, I bet they'd help you out. We, we have examples, but we have to drop our pride and say, God, I want to take notice of those examples. God, I, I want to try to identify with them because I know that you don't always operate like I think you're going to operate. So for the holidays and the job situation changes, we have all these heavy things that set upon us. Maybe we're trying to maneuver that. I promise you, especially as, and just let me speak to the young men and young women. I promise you there's people that's over 50 or 60 that's faced what we're facing right now. So if you're rocked where you're at and job changes and the holidays and what does this happen in the government, go buy somebody a cup of coffee, a meal. And I bet, I bet if, if we recognize those examples, they'll probably wind up buying you that meal because they want to, they want to pour into somebody's life. Amen. Can I get an amen on that? Amen, amen. Paul goes on and he says, listen, we've got to center our faith. In verse 17, it says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. What is he doing? He's calling back. Same thing we talked about a couple weeks ago. Paul's constantly drawing us back to the standard. What's the standard in your life? Make sure that your faith is centered on Christ because what we can do is we can start doing a lot of good things in our life. And our relationship with God and we're standing before God and, and trying to do right things, but our focus gets off. And we keep doing good things and good things and good things and good things, but really our relationship with God is over here. Now I'm doing things that are good just because I need to do good things that are good because I feel bad if I don't. But whenever I keep Christ as that center and say, God, I'm doing this for your glory, for your pleasure. And that's what we have to do in our families. How we raise our kids, how we engage with our spouse. God, I want to keep you at the center of what I do. I've got to pull back to that. I believe this is what God gave me for this part. Many times in salvation, we, we sometimes people get mixed up. Salvation's not a rental agreement, amen. It's not just for a short period and then one of us are going to move out. That's not what it's intended for. Now sometimes it happens like that, but that's not what it's intended for. F- following Christ is a continual process of eviction. It's Christ coming into my heart. And now I'm evicting everything that does not reflect Him. And in my family's life, it's the same thing. A strong family will be in that place of eviction. What do we need to remove from our life that doesn't reflect Christ? Because we want to keep our faith central. What do we want to do? See, Christ is not only the tenant of our heart, but He's the landlord of our life. And that's where he wants to be in our family as well. He doesn't want to just be among us only, but he wants to give us direction and guidance. And whenever we go back and say, God, I want to make sure that I keep it center stage for you, that's what it does. We put ourselves in that place for him. Finally, we move on here to why is our faith, excuse me, I'm going to flip ahead here, stability. He goes on to stability. Stability. And verse 17, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Verse number 17, dependability is significant to a thriving family. <sighs> stability, and the reason why I took a breath, not because I'm lost, I was just want to say this very kind, but stability in finances, stability in reactions, stability in communication. Can my wife, can my daughter depend on how I'm going to communicate to them? Can she depend? Can they depend on me whenever things get tough? Whenever they know something's coming? How about emotional stability, right? And Paul is bringing that stability back into the, to the picture. And he's um, writing to the Ephesians and saying, listen, let me tell you guys this. You have to be stable in what you do. Be rooted and grounded in love. Because if we're rooted and we're grounded in love as believers, as the true love, Christ, love, amen, then that brings in that stability, we can, we can look at how we, um, we spend our finances and the reactions and the communication and the emotions. The strong family, we need to talk about how to build spending habits. How do we build communication? How do we build expectations and emotions? How do I build those responses that will build our family? Because these are all things that truly divide families. I haven't done a ton of counseling, but I've done enough counseling in marriage to let you guys know that this is some of the key things that happen. And in our economy, with the holidays coming on, we feel pressure. And if we don't communicate with stability, if we don't have that emotional stability in our life, what will happen? We'll divide a family over some stuff that can be overcome. Christ instituted that family, and we know that he wants us to raise kids in an honorable way. He wants us to love our spouse in an honorable way. He wants us to continue to stay together and keep trucking, amen, and be that example and be that light. So how how do we make sure we have that stability? Paul goes on, and he says this. He wants us to deepen the comprehension of God's love in our life, to experience this love of God that he has constantly with us. And it's about experience, right? We experience the goodness of God. We experience it through the Word. In verse, chapter tw- or in verse 20 in chapter 3, if we, if we continue to read there a little bit, the most, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power that works within us. If we know that that's from a God of stability, now listen to me, please, please, please. If we know that that's from the God of stability, we don't have performance anxiety. We know that he expects us to do great things and be close and love one another. But it's not based off of performance anxiety. It's, it's based off of his love for us. As we lead our homes and our family, if our family knows that we walk in the stability of love, then they don't have that anxiety. Well, I, I didn't get that accomplished. How is mom or dad going to act today? I, I, I didn't communicate that properly. I wonder how they're going, what their reaction is going to be. But if they know that stability is rooted and grounded in the love of Christ, it becomes a, a situation where they can communicate effectively, amen? And during times that we're going through, and we can't deny what our nation's going through, we're, we're, we're all nervous to some degree. It doesn't matter if your guy got in or your guy didn't get in. It's still, we don't, we don't rule up underneath our government that is not lily white, you know what I mean? <laughs> so so it, it doesn't matter. And then you put many of the other things that we're facing as we go into the holidays and that added stress. And when we go in for our prayer life and say, God, I want to be honest before you. I want you to strengthen my inner being. I want you to bring stability to me. Then we bring that consistency that people can deal with. Amen. He goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, he says, and, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transform, transformed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. Then in Romans 8, 28, Paul writes this. He says, and we know that all those things work together good, those who are called according to his purpose. Two very familiar scriptures. And what we can gather from that is now as I have the stability of love in my life, as I comprehend the depth that God loves me, and that translates to our family, then we know as we hit speed bumps as a family, as things don't turn out like we want them to, as kind of anxiety or maybe fear creeps in, and we wonder what's going to be the next move here then it's what Paul says. We look at those situations as going from glory to glory and not failure to failure. We look at those situations as saying, God, I know that you have great things planned for me, and I'm going to choose that purpose. I know that you're building this family. And then when we do that as a unit, when we look at it like that as a unit, we go stronger and stronger and stronger. Amen? And finally, he looks up and he says, listen, be filled with the fullness of God. The only way to be full is to be empty. And we have to ask ourselves what kind of distractions are filling our life. It's not important to pray for our country. It's not, I mean, it is important for us to pray for our country. It's important for us to pray for this transition. But we can't lose sight of the focus, amen? We can't lose sight of the focus of our family and what God is trying to build. And God will use different ways and wisdoms to do that. In Ephesians, just a little bit before that, Ephesians 3 and 10, God talks about how His wisdom even amazes the angels in heaven. That they even learn as, as God works through the church, as He manifests Himself through the church, and we see wonderful things happen and blessings that the angels are learning about His wisdom. And as God tries to change things in our life and make a way for us, and we might not understand it, we might not see how it's going to happen, what we can do is step back and say, wait a second, I'm walking with a God who uses heavenly wisdom. He doesn't use earthly wisdom. His ways are so much higher than my ways. Amen and the things that he wants to do in our family to keep us close and so we can communicate and we can create that stability, that inner being that he wants to strengthen so we can be the leaders that God designed us to be so that we can do the things in prayer, pray before our children, pray at meals. You know, it's those little things like that that really make the big difference. Amen? One of my my favorite stories to tell, and Mary laughs at this, after we got married a couple years, three, and she goes, man, every time we go to a uh, holiday dinner, your prayer is like a salvation prayer, man. Like before the turkey or whatever, you know. I said, well, welcome to my family, sweetheart. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody's saved, man. That's you know." And, and in those moments, though, if they live a life that's contrary to Scripture, it's those moments that count. I mean, think back to the first time you thought about Christ. It probably wasn't on a two-hour sermon. It was the seed dropped in your heart. And in those moments, and for kids, it's the same way. But just like those babies, we have families, we have friends that are out there. And we need to be close to them. Amen. Would you bow with me? We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And hope changes everything.